Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Promise Center's weekly podcast. We hope that this message blesses you and encourages you to take your next step in following Jesus. As always, feel free to check us out at www.thepromisecenter.com for more information on our church, what we're doing to make a difference in Sonoma County, and how you can partner with us. God bless, and enjoy this week's message. All right, so we've been talking about uh, going big on the book. It is our heart that this is not just something where you like, at the end of the year go, you know, that was cool. We did that sermon series on the Bible and made me aware that I should probably read it more and have you read it more? No, not really, but it made me aware that I should. And uh, that's not the goal. In fact, all of our stuff, like all the messages, it's all online, it's free, okay? The best price in the world, free 99, right? free 99, you get that. And it's on the podcast, it's on the website, and you can go and listen to it again. You can plug into it, get these messages because we really believe that these are the keystone habits that will change your life radically. If you, get, if you introduce the word of God, first the mechanics of the, of the holy habits of every day, finding a time and a space to make time to read the word and be with Jesus every day, It'll change your life. Secondly, not just, not just hearing the word, but receiving it. So it's the soil and the seed. What's, what's the relationship between the two? Making sure it gets in your heart. And then, and then last week, we talked about studying the word, making sure uh, we're, we're understanding that this was not written to us, but it was written for us and how it works together. And there's some assembly required. All that's in our podcast. All that's online. Go share it with a friend. Uh, let someone know about it. But it is, this is not just a fleeting, uh, that was a cool uh, you know, sermon series that was in. This is, this is our heart, okay? And, and it's very tempting. I'd be like, I, I, I wanna do this for like another eight weeks because it's like, this is paramount. If we get this, we win the battle for our devotion, we win the battle, all the battles. If we win our de- battle for our devotion and time with God through word and prayer, we'll win all the rest of the battles. That's why this is paramount. Can I get a good amen from anybody in the house? All right. So today we're going to talk about the last subject, the final installment of uh, this subject of going big on the book, and we're going to read out of the book of Psalms 119, Psalms 119 and 105, and it says this, and you probably could quote this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to to my path. Can we just uh, show of hands? How many here has ever heard that verse before? Right, right. And and, and the Psalms one nineteen is a is an entire book devoted to the relationship a believer has with the Word of God. And there's a statement here that that the Word of God is a lamp. It brings illumination, and it also is a guide. It's going to help me on the path that God has for me. Okay. So here's the big idea I want you to I want you to see and get today. First and foremost, I want you to understand that in every one of us, we were born with this cosmic issue. There was a hole in our soul when we were born, okay? Maybe you felt it, maybe you haven't recognized what it was, but there's a hole in every one of our souls. In fact, the only answer to the ache in our heart is Jesus Christ. He's the answer to the ache. That's the only answer you're ever gonna find. You can search for gold and uh, this and that and popularity and, and it'll never fill the hole in your soul. The only thing that will fill the hole in your soul is Jesus and a relationship with him. Can I get an amen from anybody who believes that, knows that? And, uh, and this, is, this is unique only to humans because like dogs, you know, don't at the end of the day go, 
hey, it was, a, it was kind of a good day, you know, chased some cars and barked at some kitty cats and, and buried a few bones, but, you know, I'm just lying here in my little doggy bed and thinking, there's got to be more to life. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen, right? This is something unique to us because we are living souls and we are separated from God through this thing called sin. And so every one of us, we have this thing where we're like, how, how does this work? Like, what, what is happening? Why, why, why can't I find contentment? And, and, and so this is the reality that you and I, we feel the disparity. We feel the disparity of, of what we know could be and what we know should be, and we know where we are. And so that discrepancy and that disparity bothers us, and we try to figure that out. And sometimes we get on a path that leads us thinking it's going to end up at a good place. And so today I want to talk about those very subjects. I want, to, I want to look at the need for the word so we can guide our lives. So here, here's the big idea that I want you to first embrace. And you got to get this. Like if you, if you can get this idea, then you can, you can get the rest. And it's this. Jesus talked to a lady at the well in John chapter 4. And this woman had made every mistake. She had a a life with a reputation of ill repute. She was rejected by her own society. She had been married five times. The one she was with, she wasn't even married to. And she had tried everything. And Jesus identifies the issue. The issue is she has a craving and nothing's filling the craving. And this is what Jesus says. Are you ready? He says this to her. He said, if you only knew, if you only knew, your issue is, You just don't know the Father's heart. You don't know the good intention God has for you. You don't know the plan that he has. You don't, the only thing, what you're lacking is, is you just don't know. She was captive to assumptions. She was a prisoner to assuming things about God, about the Messiah, and about herself. She was in the world of assumption, and because of that, she kept going down all these different roads that led to nowhere. She was thirsty for something, and Jesus says, if you knew, oh, if you knew, you'd be asking me for the living water. You'd be asking me for the thing that would take away your thirst. I have the, I have the answer to the hole in your soul if you only knew. And I believe this here today, that if you knew the things and the promises that are in the word of God for your life, it would change your life forever if you only knew. Why? Because the Bible is not a religious book. I know you're gonna, some of you are gonna wanna stone me when I say that. The Bible is not a religious book. The Bible is a family book. It is a book about a family. It is a book about a father and his kingdom and his inheritance for his children. You and I are not little minions in the kingdom of God going, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? It's a, it's a book, a legal document. It's a testimony, a new and an old testimony about God's dealings with his children and how he wants to endow them and how he wants to give his inheritance to them and how he wants you to live a life, not a low life, a high life, a life of overcoming, a life of blessing, a life of knowing who you are and not having to pretend that you know. Some of us, we've been putting Saul's armor on. Saul's like, I want you to put my armor on. You'll look like me. You'll have my strength. And David said, David had the courage to say, no, no, thank you. I don't want, God doesn't want some weird counterfeit version of you. Yeah, I'm kind of this. No, there's a plan and a path for your life that is unique to you. I'm gonna tell you how you're gonna discover it in a relationship with Jesus. And you're gonna discover it through the word of God. So Jesus says, 
you don't have because you don't know. You don't have because you don't know. And so I want to show you a scripture here in Genesis chapter 2. This is really important. Genesis chapter 2 and 15. This is the first commandment in the Bible. Okay, this is the first time God's like, he's not just speaking and creating, but he speaks and gives a command, an instruction, an instruction with a consequence. If you do this, then this will happen. If you don't do this, then this is what will happen. So watch what happens. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Dudes, pot, we'll time out. It's God's will for us to get a job. Ladies, that was free. Okay. Okay. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. I love that word free. There is freedom. There is access when you're in God's plan and will. All right. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you eat from it, you will certainly Die. There is a consequence. This path leads to this destination. And he says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So I want to I show you the order of these things that happen. You can see them on the screen. We're going to put them one, two, three, four. First, God planted a garden. Okay, so God's the first gardener in the Bible. That's why when Jesus was resurrected on the third day and Mary Magdalene, the first one to see Jesus, she turns and what does she mistake him to be? A gardener. Where was Jesus buried? In a garden. It's all connected. He's getting all the stuff that was done wrong in the garden put back together at Calvary in the resurrection. Okay, he's a gardener. He planted a garden. God planted a garden. He didn't create a garden. He didn't go garden. He literally, God moved in the earth and planted a garden. Then he put the man who was made outside of the garden into the garden. He created a sanctuary with God and man would meet and have communion. God has always done this. God has always had meeting places to meet with humanity. Then the third thing he did is he gave the commandment, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you can have the tree of life. Choose the tree of life, no tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you choose the tree of life, you get all of this. If you choose the knowledge of good and evil, then I'm gonna separate you from all this stuff because you can't have this, yada, yada, yada. And then number four is he made the, everybody say woman. So the, the, I want you to notice this, that he created man, but he made the woman. Okay, this was, this was the upgrade 2.0, okay? He's like, man, you're all right, but I'm gonna make, whoa, man, right? So that, that was the plan there. But well, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that when God gave the commandment to Adam, right here, the woman was not even created yet. Adam received the instruction, the word of God, firsthand. Eve received it secondhand. And yet both of them whenever they violated God's word, were both responsible and the consequences were the same for both of them. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I wasn't there when Moses received the 10 commandments, so I'm not responsible. Or we play the ignorant card. You know, if I just don't read it, if I just don't know, then everything's okay. I want you to understand here today, this is super important, that it would be weird for Adam to be like, hey, Eve, listen, uh, one of the trees in the garden will kill you, but I'm not telling you. You know what I mean? I think so weird on so many levels. I think we all want to know the path to the tree that gives life. 
And I think we all want to know the path that leads to death. I think we all want to know that. And the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp to my feet and it illuminates the path that brings life. This is God's plan. He wants you to know. He doesn't want you to arbitrarily go through life jumping from one path and one plan and one idea to another. Because what ends up happening is, you know what happens. Every path has a destination. And we make decisions, and decisions determine our direction. And our direction, not our desire, determines our destination. People all the time come up to me like, hey man, this thing's going down. Like, I need, there's trouble in the home, there's trouble in my life, there's trouble in my heart, there's trouble in my marriage. And what they don't realize is there's no magic wand that I have. If I had it, I would use it and I would brag about it, but I don't have one. If I had it, I would use it. And here's what happens. The plane has gone from 40,000 to 1,000 and what they didn't realize is they were on a path and that path was a certain direction that led to a certain destination. Didn't happen overnight. So today I want you to think about the path that you're on. Do you know where it leads? If I said, hey, kids, come on, we're jumping the car. Honey, we're getting the car. Everyone, get your sandals on. Get your beach towel. Get your swim trunks on. We're going to the ocean. And I jump on Highway 12, but instead of going west to Bodega Bay, I go east. I'm going to go through Napa. And my wife's going to be like, are we lost? I'm going to be like, no, we're not, honey. I'm large and in charge right now. And then we're going to go to Lodi. And I'm going to be like, uh, maybe we are, but let's just keep going because I'm sure there's a beach somewhere. And then we'll end up in the Sierras because Highway 12 goes all the way to Sonora, right? Yes. Wrong direction, wrong destination. There's no accident to this. There's no magic formula. Go in the wrong direction. Where does this path lead? It leads somewhere. And this is what Solomon teaches us in Proverbs chapter 7. We're going to read it. We're going to put it on the board. Solomon is telling a story of a young man who's going down a path and he's oblivious to where it's gonna lead him. Watch this, I want you to see this. For at the window of my house, I looked out through my lattice. So he's looking out through the lattice, he's looking out and I saw among the naive and discerned among the youths a young man lacking sense. So this is like sense of direction. This is a sense of where he's going. This is a sense of what's happening. He thinks this is just an event. He doesn't realize that this is a path that's gonna lead him somewhere. Why? He's young, he's inexperienced, he lacks wisdom, and he, he lacks the light to show him the way. And he hasn't asked for that judgment. He hasn't asked for that wisdom. He hasn't asked for direction. So he's going down a path. And this happens, and, and we all start off that way. Hopefully, we grow out of it. When we're young, there's a level of us being naive and not knowing everything. I had a conversation with Jude uh, yesterday, funniest conversation. So we're, we're in the car, and he goes, Dad, did you know that back in the day, okay, he just referred to me growing up as back in the day, which is really crazy to me. He said, back in the day, the phones, people would call, and you wouldn't know who was calling you. He's like, is this true? And I was like, yeah, it would ring. And he's like, my eight-year-old, he's like, it would ring? And you just didn't know. And I was like, you didn't know. He's like, and you picked it up. 
and you didn't know who's going to be on the line. I was like, yep, you picked it up and you would just say hello. And then he was like, Mind blown. His mind was blown. And there's this, there's, this, there's this element where sometimes spiritually, we're like this young man. And maybe he has a good heart. Maybe he doesn't realize what's happening, but he's naive. He doesn't have a sense of a reality that is coming his way. And it says this, passing through the street near her corner, he takes the way to her house. He gets on a bad path path that's leading him in a bad direction. And, And the whole time Solomon's looking out of his window, beholding this happen. It's in real time. He's like, no. And of course, the young man, he thinks he's unique. He thinks he's the only one. He thinks he's the guy that scored special attention. This has never happened before. And Solomon's like, I've seen this happen again and again and again. And it leads to the same place. He says, in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness, verse 10, and behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot, cunning in the heart. Verse 11, and she's boisterous and rebellious and her feet do not remain at home. She's now in the streets and now in the squares and looks by, lurks by every corner. And he's not just talking about the adulterous woman but he's talking about life, how life is pulling you, calling at you, trying to get you to go down a certain path. And watch what happens. It says, so she seizes him and kisses him. And with a brazen face, she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings. Today I've paid my vows. I went to church, I went to confession and I dumped out all my sins and now my bowl is ready to be filled up again. And the young man's like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And he doesn't realize, Solomon's like, he doesn't realize where this will take him. Therefore, I've come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, with colored linens from Egypt, 1,200 count cotton, Egypt, Egyptian, um, from Macy's. I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us drink and fill our love into the morning. And it just keeps going. Verse 19. For my husband is not home and has gone a long journey. Verse 20. He has taken a bag of money with him and at the full moon he will come home. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces through his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Verse 24, now therefore, my sons, listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let her heart turn aside Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways and do not stray into her paths. What is he saying? He said, I've watched this again and again and again. I've seen people go down a road and they have no idea that at the end of it, there's a destination and the destination is destruction. Today, you're on a path. Today, if you continue as you are, If all things continue as they are, there's a destination you will arrive at. And the truth is many of you, if you look down the road long, far enough, you're gonna go, I don't like where this is leading. I don't like where this is really taking me. 
you don't realize that this is not just an event. And this is, again, not just talking about the adulterous woman. This is talking about the world that seduces and says, if you will go down the street, you will go down the path to her front door and from her front door to her bedroom. And her bedroom leads to death. And Solomon says, I watch it again and again. And people fall prey. So how do we know that we're on the right path? How do we know if we're in the right way? How do we, where, where's, the, where's the fixed things that we can look to and lean to and know that there are some fixed realities in the world so I can know for sure that I'm on the right path? There's a story of a, a man by the name of Steve Callahan. Um, I read this story about maybe seven or eight months ago. I may have told it here, but he was a, he was a man who was out on the boat in the Atlantic Ocean. And as he's out there, uh, his boat turns over and he's able to get his raft and he's able to jump on the raft. And, and because of his understanding of the fixed realities in the, in the maritime world, he's able to get, th- I think it was three pencils together. I don't, where do you get three pencils in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? I have no idea. And he's able to put a sextant together and measure the horizon, the sun, and some stars. And he knows, because he knows the fixed realities, he's able to know exactly where he is, latitude and longitude. And because of that, he's able to push himself, paddle himself into a current that he knew about that pushed him back into the Caribbean Sea. How'd that happen? Because he understood the fixed realities. Something that was absolute. Not feeling Not I feel dead, I feel like I'm on the right course. No, where am I? What is something that's absolute? You know, we do this all the time, like feelings. Like, no, you know, Tom Brady's not gonna, in the Super Bowl next week, go into the huddle and go, okay, guys, gather around. Let's just all do what we feel to do. What do you feel to do? Okay, do that, that sounds good. What do you feel to do? That's wonderful, just do that, okay? And a lot of us, we laugh at that, but that's what we do in life. Yeah, I feel like that. And we don't realize that a decision turns into a direction which ends in a destination. And a lot of people are not living their life on purpose. You're gonna end up somewhere, here's the point, end up somewhere on purpose. Do you want an amazing marriage? Here's a path to get there. You want a, a prayer life? Here's the path to get there. And guess where it's all tucked together in this uniform body of work called the Bible. And if we'll go back to those old paths, if we'll find these plans, guess what I'm telling you? I'm telling you today, your life will never be the same because life is a path. In fact, the entire Bible, you start from cover to cover, it's about a path. When Adam and Eve sinned, they were expelled from the garden. The Bible says the path of the tree of life was shut off two angels with flaming swords. The revelation, the path of the tree of life is made available. Jesus said, I am the way or the path. I am the path. I am the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is the path. The Jesus way is the way. If you want to know the way, Jesus is the way. There's a path that you can get on today that'll change your life forever. Here's what people don't realize. Decisions create direction, which will become your destination. And we're really good at making excuses. I know I'm good. I I can come up with great excuses. How many here, will you raise your hand if your spouse is good at making excuses? Just kidding. That was a terrible idea. Way to cause a fight. Sorry. How many here, your your personal confession, you're good at excuses. Your brain can come up with excuses. You're like, yeah, we'll wait. Yeah. Heard a story 
man was driving down the road, a little inebriated. Police officer pulls him over. He's on the side of the road. He says, sir, I think you're drunk. He says, I'm going to do a breathalyzer test on you. He goes, you can't do it. So why not? He said, uh, I'm asthmatic, and if you take a breathalyzer test, I'll probably pass out and die. So that's fine. Uh, uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll take you to the station, and we'll do a urine test and find out um, if there's alcohol in your blood. He says, can't do it. He says, why not? He says, because I'm diabetic, and uh, the readings won't be right. He says, fine. All right, we'll go to the station, and I'll just draw blood out of you and just find out if there's alcohol in your blood. He says, can't do it. He says, why not? Because I'm a hemophiliac, and if you puncture my skin, I'll bleed out and die. And the guy says, all right, well, then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you come out of the car. I'm going to have you walk on this straight line. He says, can't do it. He says, why not? Because I'm drunk. (laughs) Here's what happens. At some point, your excuses run out. And here's the bottom line. At some some point, you're going to have to stop making excuses and get real and say, you know what? There's a destination And if I want that life that God has promised me in Christ, then there's a path to getting there. And I don't want to be like the young, naive guy who walks through life unaware, oblivious, that there's an arrow with my name on it. At the end of this decision, there's a death. At the end of this decision, there's something that's going to die. Something that's going to, there's a pain that will come that I didn't realize when I started this out. It all, it all seemed good. It seemed wonderful. The attention. I'm a movie star. I mean, I've, I've never had anyone think about me this way or talk to me this way. And, it's, and the seduction that happens in that one little decision. See, we don't just make decisions. We're made by our decisions. The culmination of your life are the decisions that you make. I'm going to show you a scripture real quick. Psalms, Psalms chapter 16. Psalms chapter 16. To the amazing team back there that is keeping me. uh, Nope, I'm sorry. Psalm 16. Let me make sure that that's right. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. Okay. There is a way. That, okay, I want you to, we're going to park right here for just a second. There is a way that seems right. Just park right there for a moment. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. This is why we have to have a fixed reality, something absolute, because not everything that feels right seems right, is right. And here's why. Because there's not just one or two ways. There's many ways. And the Bible breaks it down into three. There's the good way, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They're they're connected. Good is based off of evil. Evil is based off of good. And so people go, I'm a good person. Well, what is that based off of? Evil. I'm not bad. I'm not on the news. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I'm a good person. There's a good way. There's an evil way. And they're very different. And we all get that. But what if there was another way? What if there was a good way that seems right, the evil way, but then what if there's God's way? 
And what if God's way doesn't make sense? What if God's way's like, you know, uh, Joshua, why don't we do this? Why don't we have you march seven times around uh, Jericho for seven days? On the seventh day, do it seven times. And it's like, but, but look, here's the deal. I can measure this. Let's go, let's do this. We can, we can fight, we can, we can throw daggers. We can, no, God's like, there's, there's, there's the good way, but then there's my way. Because we're not just talking about getting through life. We're talking about prospering through life. We're talking about stepping into the supernatural. We're talking about seeing God's divine favor and glory and the miraculous. We're talking about stepping out of the boat and every step of your life becomes a miracle. Can it happen? Yes. Will it happen? Yes, if you'll trust God. There's a way that seems right, but the end thereof is death. And so it's decisions that create direction that will lead us to a destination. And what Jesus said to that woman on that day, he said, ma'am, you just don't know, but I wanna help you know. I don't want you to leave this moment without knowing my good plan for you. Anybody here wanna know God's good plan for your life? Anybody ready for a change? Anybody ready for a transformation? I believe that today is a miracle day for someone in this room. I believe that today can be the day where the trajectory of your life changes forever and ever. Would you stand with me?